Well, residents of New Zealand's North Island have been forced to swim to safety after Cyclone Gabrielle swept across the region, leaving a trail of devastation. As of this afternoon, uh, multiple people in the Hawke's Bay were still trapped in their cars, homes on, and people on their roofs even waiting to be rescued, while a firefighter is still missing in Ma Iwai after being struck by a landslide there. Hundreds of thousands of people are currently without power and authorities say it could take weeks to restore in some areas. The government has declared a rare national state of emergency for the third time in the nation's history. Len Salt is the mayor of the Thames Coromandel district in the country's North Island, east of Auckland. Welcome to you, Mayor. Kia ora, Andy. How are you doing? Well, how about yourself? I mean, Coromandel is one of the worst affected areas hit by this cyclone. Is everyone in your area safe and accounted for as far as you know? Andy, that's a good question, and that's the question that we always start with in these situations. Safety first. Uh, we we start by checking that everyone is okay, that we've got nobody hurt, and I'm pleased to say that in our part of the uh, the North Island, our district of Thames Coromandel, we've had no reports of injuries. Uh, we've been smashed pretty hard uh, on our coastal areas. Our roading network is severely compromised uh, with a lot of slips, a lot of trees down, a lot of road closures. Uh, But at the moment, everybody is safe and well that we've been able to reach and identify. Uh, That's good to hear. I mean, the damage from this storm is incredible. There are photos of houses almost torn to shreds in landslides, others submerged in floodwaters. Uh, Roads have been washed away, which you identified as an issue in your area. How do you describe the scale of this disaster? Have you been able to get out and, and have a look at some of this damage? So we, um, it's been difficult. I'm based in Thames, which is where our uh, administration offices, our municipal buildings are located. Uh, it's been difficult to get from Thames into other parts of the district, but we've got people, we've got crews right through the district and uh, community response groups, uh, and they've been reporting back. So we've got a pretty good picture of what's been happening. Um, I'll I'll be out on a chopper tomorrow with um, one of our cabinet ministers uh, visiting the other parts of the district that we can't drive to at the moment. Look, Andy, it's, it's probably important to note that this is our sixth weather, extreme weather event since November. We've been dealing with extreme weather events, two cyclones, since the beginning of January. Uh, so we've been smacked pretty hard. Now, our Coromandel people were resilient, um, but there's a degree of weariness uh, setting in. We'll get through this. We'll get past it. It's going to take a few days for us to clear this up, clear the slips, and we'll bounce back. But we are, um, we're a coastal community. We've got mountains and rivers and streams. We rely on tourism um, and forestry and aquaculture. Um, and this has hit our business people and our communities pretty hard, but we'll bounce back. This emergency was exacerbated by the fact that the cyclone hit in darkness. I mean, are there still people sheltering in evacuation centres? Have you got emergency shelter for those who need it? So I know that in other parts of the country, uh, they've had uh, fairly high pressure on their evacuation centres. 
I'm speaking just for our own district. We went out fairly early on this. We started in the weekend and we we urged people to self-evacuate, which they did. They heeded that call because we were on exposed coastal area. So the number of people that we've got in our welfare centres and emergency centres is fairly small and they're all in good shape. Um, what this has highlighted is... Uh, a growing conversation that we are urgently having with our government about the longer-term effects of climate change, the increasing frequency and severity of these events, um, because the, the overall effect on our district and our economy is devastating, and it goes to the to the longer-term security of the the incomes and the livelihoods of our people. So we are having that conversation and it's it, we're ramping that up now. A big part of that conversation and, and about resilience uh, into the future surely must be a, around the integrity of communications and energy. Energy Minister Megan Woods says 225,000 people are without power. Uh, early this afternoon, there were reports about 150,000 homes were still without power. Yeah. I mean, that figure doesn't take into yeah. account areas like Gisborne and the Bay of Plenty where communication is still down. So how can you begin to rebuild with uh, an eye on the future when it takes weeks to restore power to everywhere? I mean, is that the situation for your communities? So Andy, you've hit the nail right on the head. It just in that in that one sentence, you have summed up the challenge that's ahead of us and and there is there is has been a history of underinvestment uh, in in previous governments. Um, in the infrastructure that we need to future-proof ourselves against uh, climate change, that realisation is now starting to hit home. It's going to take uh, significant investment across a number of years. Um, And there was, I think, in the past, there might have been uh, a feeling that we had some time to work through this. Um, That mood has now changed. And we are... Part of that conversation was pushing that, that we're running out of time. We've got to regard this with a, a significant amount of urgency and the investment has to start now. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be in trouble for the future. It's 23 past four on RN Drive. You're hearing from Len Salt. He's the mayor of the Thames Coromandel District in New Zealand's north, uh, where a huge cyclone has uh, laid waste to much of the North Island. Luckily, we're hearing certainly in uh, the Thames Coromandel District that there are no fatalities as yet. Th- this cyclone, Len, is tracking southeast now. An hour ago, or more than an hour ago, it was 160 kilometres southeast of Auckland. But but it's still predicted that heavy rain and winds will hit parts of northern and central New Zealand. I mean, that spells the risk of further landslides to my mind. Is that your concern? It is a concern. Uh, this has been a really unusual weather event. Uh, I've never experienced anything like this before. So the way that it's tracked, uh, the the barometric pressure dropped down to around 960, which is extremely low. Uh, it raises the sea levels, but this one came and tracked, and the eye of the of the cyclone pretty much sat over the Mercury Bay area of our eastern coast, which is a um, a coastal community, a beautiful place. But it sat there for a while, and through the middle of the night, everything went quiet. The rain dropped, the winds dropped. 
We're still in that bit of a lull at the moment, but the the concern is that as it moves away, we'll get smacked by the, the edges of the cyclone. We're not out of the woods yet, Andy. Uh, we're watching it closely, um, and we're hoping that it might track off uh, southeastwards and, and leave us alone. We need a break. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time to keep us updated, Lynn, and uh, all the best for you and the residents of the Thames Coromandel District there where you are. Thanks, Andy. Take care. That's Len Salt. He's the mayor of that area, Thames Coromandel, uh, the district in North, uh, New Zealand's north. And uh, interestingly, New Zealand's parliament had adjourned to deal with this disaster. But just before it did, the climate minister, James Shaw, linked this catastrophe with climate change, saying we need to stop making excuses for inaction. We cannot put our heads in the sand when the beach is flooding. We must act now. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.